Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode six of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcast. We're having a good time with this midweek podcast, by the way. Yeah, well, we have a lot of letters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. We We are definitely backlogged, but keep sending them in. Yeah. We will get to them. Sure. Well, that's the whole point of this uh, midweek mail podcast, isn't it? (laughs) To read those letters. That's a good point there, Mary. (laughs) I try to be on point whenever possible. <clears throat> mm-hmm, good job. So we have two longish ones today, but we're just gonna we're gonna get through them both. We are determined to get through both of these letters. Can today. I go first? Oh, I think you should. Aw, thank you. Oh, I'm being polite. Mm-hmm. So this letter comes from Mary Jo. Okay. Um, Mary Jo has an interesting spelling to her name. I'm just going to throw that out there. Let's do it. And also, I happen to know she lives in Australia. Oh, I know. Yeah, I remember uh, one episode I was talking about California wine, uh-huh. California having the best wines, uh-huh. and she was like, um, I beg to differ. Yeah, she offered to actually send you some wine. I know. Well, bring it. Bring it. Mary Jo. Mary, has, <laughs> Mary, Mary jo has never turned down wine, so she well, of will course drink not. it. I know. Who, who turns down wine, much less Mormons. free wine? Mormons, you dumbasses. <laughs> Wine is amazing. It sure is. All right. Okay, let's, let's dig in. Let's dig into this. Hi, Mary and Shelley. Oh, hi. Hi. Here's my story. I was born and raised as a Catholic and joined the Mormon church at 19 while I was living in England. I'm from Australia with dual citizenship. I stopped attending Mormon services in about 2015, 2016 out of sheer laziness but gradually began having issues, starting with watching my very Catholic mother enjoy coffee. (gasps) Coffee, Uh sinner. My mother was so devout that she would compose songs for her church, and I cannot imagine that with her devotion to her religion that just because she drank coffee that she is in hell. I definitely believe she's in heaven. Newsflash, no one goes to hell for drinking coffee. And Mormons, you're stupid for thinking that. I'm just saying. It's the dumbest It's the dumbest thing. It makes me think of that meme I saw where it was Jesus um, hugging some old woman as she's coming into heaven. And he says, welcome home. I'm so glad you never drank coffee. Because, <laughs> you know, that's really important to Jesus. Yeah, that matters. That matters. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, I broke the law of chastity in 2009 at 22 years old. Oh, my goodness. And was subject to a disciplinary council with the same sexually explicit questions that most people get asked. Ugh. I was placed on probation for several months. And at the end, I was allowed to go to the temple with my young single adult group. Mm, thank I, you. Yeah, gosh, thanks for yeah. allowing me back in. Uh-huh. Mormons. 
I began to be obsessed with church attendance, scripture reading, institute classes, and temple attendance, the hallmarks of a perfect young single adult. My whole life, my identity was the church. I had dreams of marrying a return missionary and being a homemaker slash baby-making machine. Mm. Any secular studying or work I did was just to pass the time until Mr. Wright came along. Wow. I intended to get a qualification and only work enough to maintain said qualification just in case something happened to the future husband and I had to start providing for the family. That's pretty typical in the Mormon world is the girls kind of go to college just to go to college, but they view it as, well, in case my husband dies, I can support okay. my kids. So it's never, it's, it's typically not, you know, I've always wanted to be a lawyer when I grow up, so I'm going to go after. It's just kind of, your, your education is sort of a just in case. But what if you are a girl in the Mormon church and you really want a career? There are some, but they do tend to be looked down on. Um, They'll get pressured, like, why aren't you getting married? When are you going to start having kids? Mm. I know that when I was super into Mormonism, I looked down on the girls who were getting their master's degrees or whatever and weren't married yet. It would be like, you're selfish. Wow. You should be getting married and having babies. Yeah, I was brainwashed. They taught me all the shit. Well, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I returned to Australia in 2014 to look after my sick mother. We lost her in 2018. I'm sorry, Mary Jo. That sucks. That that does suck. And after returning, I was completely intent on keeping my testimony. I got accepted into Flinders University in Adelaide in 2015 to study a Bachelor of Health Sciences. I'll be working in public health. And thanks to it being an hour's drive away, I moved closer to the university. And even though I intended to attend the new local ward, I was just too lazy. Occasionally, I would attend my old ward when I went home for the weekend. And Mary Jo keeps calling herself lazy. And I don't agree. If church is something that inspires you, you want to go. Mm-hmm. So you're not lazy for not wanting to go. You don't want to go because it sucks. And it probably felt weird to you in your heart. And it's boring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, sure. And I think there's plenty of people that would consider themselves religious that go to various churches and they really want to be there. Yeah. And if you don't want to be there, you stop going. Right. I look at it as just that simple. Okay. In 2016, I met my now husband, Adam, via Tinder of all things. Go Tinder. (laughs) And took him to church where the Relief Society president very rudely told the bishop who we were having a conversation with, oh, he's not a member yet. Uh, Already uh, trying to groom him or something. Of course. We maintained our politeness and continued with the conversation, but as soon as it was over and they disappeared for Sunday school, we walked out of the building, got in the car, and left. We have not returned since. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good job. I just couldn't handle the idea of them trying to recruit him. I had planned on the slow approach of leading by example or just having a mixed faith relationship. So here Mary Jo is intending on respecting her husband Mm -hmm. and letting him either not believe or... Perhaps her hope was that he would follow her example and maybe decide that he wants to go too, which I think that would be the right way to go about it. Obviously, let them choose what they want. Set a good example if that's what you're hoping that they want to do as well. But you sure as hell don't set them up to get baptized. Well, but, you know, Mormons with their whole missions program are not really subtle about their intentions. Generally, they're just like, just go for it. Go for the jugular with all new potential converts. Mm -hmm. Get that money. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I still identify as a Christian, even though I don't really know what I believe. I keep on top of Mormon news, and when I heard about the children of LGBTQIA plus policy reversal, I was angry. I didn't know why I was angry other than the idea of the youth suicide rates that were at least partially attributed to this policy. 
Ultimately, I remembered many times when I'd felt attracted to women and my world came tumbling down. I've since come out to my husband as bisexual. I don't believe in adultery and I'm not going to divorce my wonderful husband just because I'm attracted to women as well as to men. The idea that the church has made me miss out on dating women does hurt, though. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I could see why. Yeah. I feel like I wasted time trying to be the ideal Molly Mormon for a returned missionary. I'm still wrestling with the idea of whether or not I would even be married if I had dated women. Yeah, it's a good yeah. question. Yeah. I feel like, Shelly, this could apply to you in, for sure. in a way. Like, it, don't you look back on your life and think, gosh, what a waste of time. Uh, I absolutely do. I mean, yes. Yes and no? Yes. If I were to start over, I would for sure take a different path. Looking back, yes, I'm grateful for my seven children. Yes, I'm grateful that what I've been through has given me the ability to help others. Yes. Which is fantastic. But yeah, I didn't get to have... You didn't get to make choices. I, I didn't. I didn't get to make choices. I didn't get to date girls and feel that thing in your heart that thumps and pounds and you're giddy. And I didn't have that. I, I have... Luckily, found the absolute perfect girl for me and you, Mary. Who, um, me? You, baby doll. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the under boobs is also... <laughs> oh, Lord, with this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I look on, you know, 40-something years of no choices. Yeah. And that's... It is hard for me, but I just have to focus on, okay, well, here's where I am now. Yeah. I am so lucky that I have you. I'm lucky that... We have the podcast. I'm lucky that we have friends and that we're kind of doing what we love at this point. So, making up for lost time. Making up for lost time. And it sounds to me like uh, Mary Jo is sort of in the same boat. Like she's a little upset that she didn't get to date women, but also seeing what is good in her life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And anytime those blinders can be lifted and you can see the truth, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the past was a waste. Right. It led you to this place yeah. where you can now see the truth fully and make your own decisions. Absolutely. And I feel like our podcast is settling into a spot and that we're able to help people in a, in a way that other podcasts haven't as far as ex-Mormon podcasts go, just because of our content and the way that we do things. And so... Like without my shit past, we, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't. That's true. I wouldn't be able to sympathize or empathize with people. I wouldn't have anything compared to what I do have because of that. So yeah. I just have to be grateful that I'm good now. That's true. It's so. a good way to look at it. All right, Mary Jo. One more paragraph. Adam is encouraging me to get an education and have a career. Good for you, Adam. Yeah. Good. Good to be a supportive husband. He wants me to work and develop my own career. I could not ask for a better husband. I think Aww. he is a little frustrated that I didn't get a degree 10 plus years ago, but he's pleased that I'm working toward it now. Thanks for listening, Mary Jo. Oh, what a great letter. Thank you so much, yeah. Mary Jo, for uh, writing in. Uh, really appreciate that. It's quite the journey she's had going from being disciplined for breaking the law of chastity to then coming back like, well, I'm going to be the best Mormon ever, to then falling in love with a man who's not a Mormon, to them being shitty to him, then leaving the church completely. I mean, that's just, that's a lot. It is a lot. And I wonder if the Mormons, when she took Adam to church, if they had had maybe a different approach with him, maybe if they just acted a little more loving, a little less like, let's get this guy converted and baptized right away. I wonder if she would have kept going. I wonder if that was kind of part of her shelf-breaking experience. Maybe. It sounds like it. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for writing in. Yes, thank you, Mary Jo. Um, Shelly, let's just take a short break, and we'll get to letter number two when we come okay. back. Okay, sounds great. And we're back. Okay, this... Hello. Hello. <laughs> this letter is from Savannah. 
Savannah writes, Hi! Hi, Savannah. I'm so excited to finally sit down and write this. First, I have to apologize for illicitly messaging you on Facebook the day after Pride. I was very hungover and very sad I missed your booth. Oh, it's okay. Next year. I remember that. I was like, who the hell is this? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, Savannah. She says, it would have been my first Pride since coming out and leaving the church. Wow. And you were the first stop on my list since we went hard at a drag show the night before as I danced in the bliss of techno lights and so many fellow gays. I didn't know what to do with myself. I am emailing you everything I wanted to say. Oh, so she missed us. But you know what? There's always next year. And I'm kind of wondering if we were at the same drag show. I wonder if we were. Yeah. What was the name of the one we went to? It was right right next to... Suntrap. Yeah, the Suntrap bar. It was right. Savannah, right in. Let us know if we were possibly at the (laughs) same drag show. That would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. She says, I owe you so much. I started listening to your podcast when there were only eight episodes. Wow. Thanks for coming along on this journey, Savannah. Quick background I grew up in the church, and my dad was very big on appearances with his TBM, total believing Mormon family, Mm -hmm. in a total plot twist. Ooh, I like this already. He ended up leaving the church and divorcing my mom when I was about 15. That what? is sort of a plot twist. I'll little, say. Uh, what am I trying to say? Scandal? Right turn? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well, deviation from deviation. Your, your typical Mormon family, okay. for sure. Got it. I became the spiritual giant, she puts in quotes, holding our family together, waking everyone up for church, insisting on family prayer and scripture time. Wow, what a good girl she was. She was probably really annoying. Oh, she goes on to say, I was the good girl. (laughs) In quotes, I was the good girl. Mm. And Shelly says annoying. I I can imagine your siblings were like, (laughs) shut up, up, Savannah, Uh (laughs) cut it out. (laughs) Um, Oh, and all her church leaders told her as well that she was the good girl. Then I got a taste of the real world freshman year of college. I was accepted on a fencing scholarship, as you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. To UC San Diego. It was an absolute dream. I was lucky to have an amazing team, classes I loved, and a full schedule. I was also the only Mormon undergrad on campus. Wow. My team totally supported my beliefs and standards, but I slowly drifted away from going to church with creepy underclassmen who looked at me like a piece of meat and instead of reading my scriptures, spent time on the beach with my new family, meaning her friends. That's similar to the last letter where, you know, Mary Jo's saying I was being lazy and not going to church and Savannah's like I was being bad and not going to church and going to the beach instead. Well, hello, church is boring at her age (laughs) and Savannah's beautiful, by the way. And her age, she would have been, yeah, like in the meat market of a singles ward, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable. It scared me how happy I was stepping away from the oppressive culture I'd always questioned deep down. See, she already had questions about it. I wish this was the part I followed my heart, head, and gut and cut ties with the cult. Nope. Scared at how comfortable I was getting, I turned in my papers to serve a mission as an apology to God for my, quote, sinful living. Oh, you know, I had that feeling, too, that if I would go on a— thankfully, I didn't go on a mission. I mean, that's one thing that meeting Brent saved me from was going on a mission. I'd never felt truly forgiven because, again, I have depression and anxiety, and every time I would hit this bout of depression, not knowing what it was, I felt like 
it's because I I haven't repented of all my sins yet. There's something going on. That's why I'm unhappy with my life. And so I thought, well, I'm going to serve a mission, and that will bring me that forgiveness that, yeah. that I want. Interesting. Well, she's talking about her, quote, sinful living, mm-hmm. which is making her laugh now because she didn't drink coffee or swear and had not so much as held hands with a boy at that point. So Those she was, were your sins? Yeah, she was really sinful. <laughs> she wanted to go on a mission with a friend. I was a whore, yeah. Savannah. I wanted to serve a mission because I was a whore and needed to be forgiven. <laughs> and she Aww, hadn't even held Savannah. hands with anybody. Yeah, and she said, I had no tattoos yet, and I thought I was straight. <laughs> but she was real sinful, super God, sinful. And also, oh, I want to meet her and hug her. I know. That's so cute. The mission almost killed me. I had a loving, caring mission president, and his wife took such good care of us. But they aren't trained professionals. That's a really good point. They don't know how to deal with mental health, and they can't heal the oppressive culture of guilt that pressures missionaries day in and day out to perform perfectly and baptize more. Wow. Yeah, so even if you have a wonderful mission president who's super nice and caring and loving, he's still not trained to deal with like some deep shit that teenagers go through. And these are teenagers. These are 18 and 19-year-old children. Yeah, that are sent away yeah. and they're homesick. And yeah. So even the nicest, most well-intentioned mission president is not equipped. No, for deal. sure. He yeah. can't handle all that. Mm-mm. I distinctly remember being on exchanges with one of my leaders and joking with her about throwing ourselves in front of a bus. Wow. Because... Hey, if we die now, we'll go straight to the celestial kingdom, and at least we can sit down for a second. Oh, Mm. man, they sound exhausted. Yeah. Halfway through my mission, I tried to come out to my mission president. Ooh. Crying, I told him I couldn't teach the law of chastity because I didn't believe it. Mm. I'd prayed for months every night, sobbing in the bathroom after my companions went to bed, and pleading with God to help me understand and turn my heart to him. And she says in parentheses, I'd had the same conversation with my mom after the MTC. What is that again? Mission Mission Training Training Center. And I almost decided not to go in the first place. I then told him I was pretty sure I was attracted to women. Wow, she put all of this on her mission president. Again, who was not equipped to handle these things. Yeah. He looked me in the eye and asked, Well, have you ever imagined having sex with a woman? I was stunned and so embarrassed. Women don't have sexuality, right? Not until marriage. Even thinking about sex is a sin. So I literally shut off my emotions from a young age. So she hadn't thought about it. Mm -mm. She had actually done nothing technically wrong as far as Mormonism is concerned. Right. I hadn't thought about sex with anyone I think I stammered out a no, and he reassured me that I was a good girl and would find a nice man to take me to the temple. It's easy to get confused. (laughs) Can you just picture him saying Can you imagine? Okay, so crying my eyes out, I think I might be gay. Man in leadership position above me says, don't worry. A nice, worthy young man will take you to the temple. You'll be okay. You're probably not gay, You're just really. confused. Yeah, you're just confused. Yeah, it's easy to get confused. Exactly. They are not trained for this shit. What a horrible thing to say. And again, she thinks he's super nice, and he's, I'm sure, a very nice guy, but doesn't have a clue how to deal. Yeah, It's horrible. No. That was very damaging for her, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I came home exhausted and depressed. Halfway through my mission, I'd been impressed to attend BYU, I transferred to Utah. I lost residency in California, and all my friends were graduating soon. 
and she entered a deep spiral of depression and doubt at that mm. point. I was starting to become suicidal Jesus. when I finally set up an appointment with my bishop. I hadn't even admitted what I felt to myself. All I knew was that something was wrong with me. I cried for 10 minutes straight in his office before choking out, I think I'm gay. Mm. Wow. He very sympathetically explained that our world today is very wicked and very good at making wrong look right. The pull of the homosexual community is growing and their voices get louder and louder, even though they only made up a small minority. He told me it was easy to become confused, but if I read my scriptures and prayed, God would give me clarity. I want to punch this bishop in the nuts. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just dismissing. It's so dismissive of her and her feelings, her true feelings. Here she is being very vulnerable mm -hmm. to this man, and he's completely dismissing her feelings and then attacking gayness, which is what she is. So he's being dismissive and attacking all in the same three sentences. Yeah, and basically he's saying, well, you've been swayed by Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, douchebag. Mm-hmm. He continues, under no circumstances should I act on any thoughts I was having, but that sometimes, if it took young girls longer than their peers to start dating, then maybe they would become discouraged at ever finding the right man and think something was wrong with them. Oh, God. So he's saying because she's a little older than the normal marrying age, she's yeah. like 21, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, that... She waited too long. Yeah, she's, she's just feeling discouraged, and now she's kind of confused and thinks, maybe, well, maybe she's gay, and... Oh, my Right, right, right. Because she waited too long to start dating, according to this guy. So now Jesus. she's, I don't, truly this man has a dizzying intellect. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on, I've never felt so low. I left that church building determined never to return. Around this time, I started reading anti-material that was actually just church history. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Finally, when I couldn't take it anymore and was worried I might not make it another week, I bought a ticket to San Diego to meet my old teammates. I explained how terrified I was to leave the church, but that I didn't believe it anymore. They didn't quite get the whole cult part, but there was no judgment, just an outpouring of love. They said the words I needed. We love you no matter what you believe. You aren't your religion. You're still the same person, and we love you. That was the courage I needed to step away from the church, but I still didn't know where to go from there. I still couldn't see any viable future. I know a lot of people are afraid to leave the church because they know that they're not going to have any support. You know, their Mormon family is going to try to keep them in. They're going to yeah. say, oh, you're just confused right now. Well, here, watch this church video. It'll help strengthen your spirit, blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of afraid of the outside world because outside of Mormonism, you know, people are alcoholics and they're drug abusers and prostitutes and gay. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm, and allergic to cats, like this whole <laughs> thing of horrible... Hey, the cat allergy is, is a real thing. Uh -huh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true. No, no, none of the rest of the stuff is. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but here she is going to her friends who are not Mormon, and they are actually the ones who are saying what should be said to someone who's yeah. leaving a religion. And they're actually beautiful. the loving ones. Uh, they're the Christ-like ones. Yeah. Not the fucking Mormons. I know. Savannah says, that's when I came across your podcast. I had never, ever, ever before in my life seen a healthy, happy relationship between two women. That's mm. us, baby. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Gay marriage is a sin, but lesbians are unicorns to the church. They don't exist. Oh, we exist, goddammit. <laughs> 
the first time I heard you and Mary or Shelly, whoever's reading this, oh, that's me, Mm -hmm. Mary, joking with each other and just your tone of voices and your conversations about normal everyday life, I sat in the parking lot and cried, ugly cried. In that moment, a little piece of the hate I had for myself was healed. The more I listened, the more I realized that future was something I actually wanted in the way I'd never wanted before in my, quote, heterosexual life. I've gone to a lot of therapy since then, and coming out to my still-believing mom was another huge bomb for my heart. B-A-L-M, by Mm, the way. Good. I'm lucky. She doesn't get it at all, and it's hard for her, but she's trying so hard, and I love her for it. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And Shelly, your mom is in the same boat, I'd say. Yeah, she's trying her She doesn't get it, but she is really trying. Yeah. Dating with lingering internalized homophobia is so hard. <laughs> Shelly, I don't know if you experienced any of that when you and Mary started dating, but she's looking for tips. Do you have any tips, Shelly? Sure. Um, I remember for me, as Mary and I became more physically closer, if you want to put it that way, I had these feelings of guilt, like this was wrong. What am I doing? I should be with my husband. Uh, Not that I was cheating or or being secretive or anything, but it was just this Mormon thing of, no, 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 your place is in the home with your husband raising these kids. And here I was with this woman who I was falling in love with, and it had to be wrong. And I remember one night I had a legitimate anxiety attack after a makeout session on your couch, like tears just streaming down my cheeks. Yeah. Um, shaking, crying. It was horrible. It was an anxiety attack because everything that I was doing, that I was enjoying, that felt right to me, it was going against everything that I was raised to believe. And it just was a huge brain fuck. Yeah. Huge brain fuck. Yeah. That's got to be really difficult to sort of wrap your head around, like just that 180. Of- well, it was. I couldn't. Like, I mm-hmm. had an anxiety attack. I, my brain couldn't make it make sense. And so it flipped the fuck out. And that happened a few times, actually. Yeah. It, it took a while for yeah. it to start to feel normal. Yeah, so my advice is it just takes time. Yeah. And be forgiving of yourself. It's okay. You're gonna, you might have a freak out. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It doesn't and mean that you need to go running back to the church. Nope. It means that your brain is trying to handle things. And it's okay to take things super slow. Absolutely. In a relationship. Absolutely. And too. for me, the farther I got out of the church and the more friends I made in the LGBTQ community the more grown-up lesbian couples that have been together for years and are married and, you know, have two cats and a mortgage, the more (laughs) I saw real, normal, gay life, the more I felt good about it myself. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't this horrible thing that I was taught. Yeah. It takes time. It really does. I I imagine. I mean, I kind of went through that as well, but it was just so long ago, and I was... Mm -hmm. Still a teenager. So yeah. I've, I've had like years to sort of wrestle with that and kind of work it out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at first it's, it's real challenging, mm-hmm. especially when you leave such an oppressive religion that teaches you it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. You've got to deprogram all yeah, that. Yeah, 40 years of that shit. It takes a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. She says, Shelly, I related hard to you looking back on past experiences and realizing, oh, that was a crush. <laughs> if it had been a guy, I totally would have recognized it. Mm-hmm. You've also helped with so many of my fears because I'd always heard people say, I knew I was gay since I was 13 or 15 or whatever, and I literally had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. All the signs that were there and should have been obvious, they didn't even click because I was so brainwashed against gayness. So yeah, don't feel bad 
if your gayness, you know, seems to rear its ugly head when you're an adult. It doesn't mean it wasn't always there. It was always there. Just you couldn't acknowledge it. Right. And I don't mean to see rears its ugly head. It's beautiful. Uh, she says she's starting from scratch. I have no idea who I am or how to make decisions for myself, but I'm more happy than sad or anxious or guilty. That's great. That's mm-hmm. great news. I'm furious that because of the church, I lost a sport and teammates I loved dearly, delayed my education, and lost out on so many years of accepting myself. Yeah, that's rough. That's a common theme in the letters today is just losing out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I gave a cute girl my number this week. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> and this was several weeks ago. Should we, we should follow up with Savannah and yeah, see. Yeah, Savannah, update, please. Yeah, what's did, been going on? Did y'all on? make out yet? <laughs> All right, easy. <laughs> um, did y'all make out and have a panic attack yet? Because, <laughs> you know, that's just part of it. It's part just, of it. Just embrace the panic attack. <laughs> just know it's coming. It's going to happen. <laughs> She says, I'm trying to move forward, and I listen to you all the time because you not only saved my life, oh, that's so sweet, mm. but you gave me a purpose. Oh, my god. We gosh. need to meet Savannah and hug her. Yeah, we do. Man, next year in Utah. We, we need to have a hugging booth. There's so many people that we've met <laughs> from the, what a good the idea. podcast. I just want to hug them. <laughs> hugging booth, I like I'm it. I'm like, first name, hug. First name, hug. <laughs> first name, hug. It'd be great. I like it. <laughs> I hope I can find something like what you two have someday. You You will. will. For sure. But I couldn't keep putting off saying thank you, even if I've now written you an incredibly long essay. That's true. That was long as shit, Savannah. Um, (laughs) But we love it. I know you're busy, so I'll stop here. But the time and effort you put in means so much to me. And I'll definitely be first in line at your booth next year. Our hugging booth. Our hugging booth. Uh (laughs) That's our new theme. Savannah T. Oh, Savannah, thank you. Thanks for writing in. That's awesome. We love hearing about ways that we've helped people. It oh, yeah. It really helps us to keep going. Podcasting, we've said it before, is exhausting. We put a lot of hours in. And when we hear that we are making a difference, it's just all worth it. Oh, so for thank sure. You. And for sure. I have all the confidence in the world, Savannah, that you were going to turn out just fine. You have a clean slate. You can be whatever you want. Yeah, it's like starting over. You yeah. can do anything. Go for it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, keep us posted. Yes. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Wow, really good letters today. Those were awesome. I guess I don't have a little kind of ending tagline for the letters episodes. Mm. Do we need to come up with something? I think we do. <laughs> listeners, send them in. <laughs> That's your default answer. I know. Listeners, send them in. Send us your ideas. <laughs> yeah, we need to, instead of, you know, steer clear of cults, we need to, we need something to go with the letters. Yeah. Okay. All right. First good one that we get and that we like. We're using it. All right. Well, um, have a great week. We'll talk to you again next week. Mm -hmm. Take care. Bye-bye. 